Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm Art Aldridge, and this week in production, it's a rabbit hole of epic proportions. This week in production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908-451-6760. Thanks. It's my own doing, my own fault. I take full ownership of causing this problem, but its I think it's pretty typical if you're in this business for any amount of time, you do get stuck down these rabbit holes. Sometimes it's equipment, sometimes it's, it's a job. This time it was a little equipment scenario that uh, just bit me in the butt. Let me take you back about 30 days. I was on this big multi-day golf event that I talked about on a couple of episodes of TWIP uh, going back a few weeks ago. It started with an outdoor shoot interview using Interatron-style setup, which is two teleprompters and the interviewer and the interviewee both looking into the lens and the return video feeds of each camera going into the respective teleprompter screen so they see each other in the prompters. And I had these small 12-inch teleprompters with uh, put screens. They're not, you know, anything special, but they work very well, great for text, um, great for video, but outside, they're not bright and they're not big. So I, I knew that we had a few more days on that particular job coming up that we were going to be outside doing this. I said, you know what? You know, the great thing about B&H is you can get stuff usually within one day. So I went on B&H literally from the set, from my phone. I tried to find a 12-inch high-bright screen. I had just purchased a lovely small HD high-brightness 13-inch monitor with a built-in handle. Lovely, lovely monitor. Um, So I'm like, let me see if I can find something like this for the teleprompter. And in my little bit of time researching it on the B&H website, the only thing that I could come up with that was high brightness, SDI, uh, and in stock was an ICANN monitor, 15-inch. And I said, you know, they, they have them in stock. Maybe it'll fit into my hood or maybe it'll just sit, you know, sometimes you can just kind of fit it into the the tray on, you know, the the teleprompter, even though it's a little bigger, I said, let me take a chance. So I placed the order and, you know, the next day I get the teleprompter screens. And this is where, (laughs) this is where the rabbit hole begins. So the rest of that week literally were, were thunderstorms every day. So our outdoor plans got nixed. We were setting up inside this very tight, uh, what they call a halfway house on a golf course, which is like a little bit of a shelter. Uh, it has some bathrooms. It has a little uh, snack bar in it. And it's basically there just to provide some shelter and some, you know, snacks and, and relief for the golfers. And we cleared it out and we were setting up, but it was, it was tight. 
And I said, you know, I know that it's not really needed here, but let, let me open one of the screens just to see how it is going to play. And I opened up the screen, and it's certainly bigger, obviously, than the Lilliput that I have, but it's also bulkier, even for its bigger size. It's got a bigger frame. It's got just, you know, it's chunky. Let's just say it's chunky. So it does not fit into my 12-inch teleprompter tray. It does not even sit nicely in it. The tray on my existing prompter is a little more plasticky, and it was straining a little bit under the weight. So it did, you know, I could have made it work if I had to, but I put it back in the box. I didn't open the other one, and I said, let me just think on this because I certainly don't need them now. Maybe I'll return them and and try again or try for something that fits the tray. So put them aside, finished the job for that week, came back to the office with the gear, you know, had to wait a few days to get the truck unpacked, and I pull out the, the stuff, and I go to initiate a return. Now, I don't know about you, but I buy a lot of stuff from b and I'm in the somewhere between fifty dollars to $75,000 a year, uh, you know, purchases at B&H, just stuff, everything that I need from gaff tape, memory cards, hard drives, uh, cameras, computers, you name it. I usually get it from B&H. Some things I go to other dealers for that I need a little more hand-holding, but if it's, you know, an item that's pretty ubiquitous, you know, B&H is, is my go-to. So I go to initiate the return online. And normally when I do this, it comes back within, you know, a minute, two minutes, five minutes. Here's your RMA. Here's a uh, return label, blah, 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 blah. And I've done this many times and I know um, how quick and easy it is. This time I did not see the response come back. And I, I just, you know, struck me as a little odd, but I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's, you know, it is summertime. Maybe that department is, you know, short staffed. I didn't think a lot about it. I just, you know, remember thinking that's odd. And another day goes by and I don't see an email. And then the third day after I had uh, initiated the return request, I got a note saying, um, we received your request for RMA for this uh, order, these two items. Can you please explain why you need to return them? Which is very unusual. <laughs> I wrote back a note saying basically that they don't fit my teleprompter uh, setup and I, I'd like to return them. To which I got a reply that stated, these items are non-returnable, and we would have to ask the supplier, the vendor, for an exception to return. Uh, would you like us to do that? And, you know, again, the rabbit hole now is a little, a little deeper. And I look back on my computer now at the item, and I do see that it says non-returnable, which usually is for stuff that has to be special ordered. This was in stock. I'm not sure why it was um, non-returnable, but that's neither here nor there. I don't think I noticed that on my phone 
in fairness, um, because I probably wouldn't have ordered it if I knew that, you know, it was a, uh, all in kind of situation, but, but again, it's on me. I own it. I messed up and, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. So I wait, I wait a couple more days and I get another reply back from the customer service person and they say, um, the vendor does not want to take the items back, but we can offer you um, to return the unopened item for a 20% restocking fee. Now, again, I probably could have pushed this up the chain a bit, get a little pushback since I am, you know, I, I think a pretty good customer. I don't, I don't know where I fall in the ranking, but I would say I'm probably in the top tier of customers there. I didn't do that. I said, okay, let me look at some other options that don't involve costing me, you know, 20% just to return something. So I start looking at 15 inch ICANN teleprompters that will obviously use the monitors that I already have. And I noticed something right away in my searching that was frustrating. And that is that ICANN does not sell, or at least doesn't sell through B&H, a teleprompter without a monitor. And I, I kind of understand that, but, you know, maybe there could be some scenario where you just need the teleprompter without the screen. I, I could not find that whatsoever. So that was strike two for me on this uh, little endeavor. I'm like, man, I don't want to have more screens. I certainly don't need two teleprompters that ship with two screens that I don't need to go with the two screens that I already have that I might not need. That did not seem like a great option. So I start looking around. I start looking on eBay. I start looking on uh, DVX user and Red user. They both have uh, for sale um, categories that I've purchased stuff before most of the time without issue and could not find anything suitable, uh, in terms of an ICANN 15 inch teleprompter. I check on the B and H used page, which again, sometimes I do. I just purchased a used promise Pegasus, uh, array, disc array, and I saved, you know, like 20%, which is usually pretty good. You know, 15 to 20% is pretty standard for their used stuff. And I'm sure they're still making money on that. They, they buy low and sell high, unlike my uh, stock portfolio. Anyway, I did see on the B&H used site, there were two ICANN teleprompters in the, in the used category for a 30% discount. You know, I think the grade quality was eight or nine out of 10, which again, perfectly acceptable to me. So I'm like, okay, if I can save 30%, even though it's going to ship with a screen, it's not a full hit. I'm not going to lose money and then not get the use of the, of the screens. I can probably flip the non-bright screens and, you know, maybe I'm somewhere ahead. I, I you know, Again, you're in the rabbit hole, so you're not, you're not seeing things super clear at this point. So I pulled the trigger on buying these two used teleprompters. 
They arrive. I didn't have time to get to them right away. They sat in my garage for a week or two, and then I finally got around to opening the first one of two up just to see, you know, what was doing. The box, you know, was fine. There was no damage there. But as I opened it, I heard some rattling, like uh, broken glass. And uh, I'm like, okay, this is not good. So as I open up the box and everything was packed well, like the beam splitter glass, which is 15 inches approximately square, um, was in a a separate little box with foam around it, taped up well, but it was smashed. And it seems like it was smashed as they repacked the teleprompter to be sold. I'll be honest, because the box itself wasn't damaged. But this was an odd, like, it's almost like it was dropped and then they just put it in. They didn't care and and shipped it out. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of crappy luck for me. And uh, I open up the second one. The second one's okay. But, you know, now I have to go and deal with this this glass. Calling B&H customer service is a little bit of a phone tree process from hell. And I tried to explain that I've purchased this used item and and one piece in it is broken. They really don't understand <laughs> what I've bought, what I'm saying. They do offer to accept the item back as a return and you know refund my money. But as I'm talking to her and thinking about it, that's really not what I I want. What I want is just the glass replaced because if I return it, there's not another used one to buy. And I have to buy one at full price then, which, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm losing <laughs> in that scenario. So I looked, actually, I looked around before I called them. I could buy replacement glass. It's special order. It's like 80 bucks. I figured it wasn't the end of the world if I had to buy it. But I figured, let me just try to plead my case with customer service. So customer service does not understand the pieces. They don't understand the product. You know, they're just processing paperwork. And they're like, well, we'll have to transfer you to use department. They transfer me to the use department. I explain the story all over again. They offer to accept it as a return. I explain I don't want it as a return. And we start this dance all over again. And they transfer me back to corporate sales. And corporate sales, it's like a bad game of telephone. So finally, I just say, listen, here's the part number that needs to be replaced. Can you just replace it and we'll be good? And I give them the B&H part number. And they said, we'll have to get back to you. Okay, get back to me, please. And then two more days go by. And I get a, uh, a phone call from B&H and they say, we'll send you the um, new part number, but we can't guarantee that there won't be a charge for it, which I thought was strange. But OK, you know, ship it to me. And even if I have to pay for it, you know, whatever, <laughs> it doesn't seem right. But at this point, I'm just trying to cut my losses with as minimal financial damage as possible. Okay, we're waiting for the glass to come. I open up the other box in the meantime, and that one's fine. So now I've got these two teleprompters, and the way that I can ships 
their teleprompters, which is, I guess, good, is that they ship them in this reusable foam. And if you buy an ICANN teleprompter that has a, they, they sell one that's like a kit with a case, a hard case, that their foam drops right into. So I was like, well, I'm obviously that wasn't an option in the used store. They didn't have one with a, a hard case, but I will need a hard case for these two teleprompters. I went to the ICANN website to try and see if I can decipher which case it is that they're using. And it's not published anywhere that I could find. I did some rough measurements of the foam and the box size. There is a SKB case that's very close to that size. But the only one that I could find that was the right length and width was a little too deep. And I wasn't sure that that was really like, obviously, you don't want too much volume at the top, even if you have lid foam. Like you want the the bottom foam to come right up to the lip so that it doesn't, you know, bounce around and move pieces internally. I was concerned about the depth, but it was the only option really for length and width of the case. And the only other thing I can think of is that maybe ICANN was doing a custom depth case, which of course they could do if they're buying enough quantity. I don't really know how many teleprompters they sell, but it's certainly feasible that they could have a custom depth case made for themselves that I couldn't get. So instead of going to B&H, I go to my second favorite uh, supplier of things, uh, Amazon. And I find the case on Amazon knowing full well that it is so easy to return this thing if it's not right. So I order a case from Amazon and I wait and I wait and I get the case about a week later because it wasn't shipping from Amazon. And I get the prompter glass from B&H. And yes, they did the right thing. I didn't have to pull the trump card, so to speak, and say, look, I'm a good customer. They did the right thing. They sent it to me for free. In the meantime, I actually ordered a third piece of glass just as a precautionary measure since it seems like it's easy enough to break. I'm not sure. So I have all the pieces. I have a case. I have the the foam that came from ICANN in the box, got the new prompter glass, and I go to assemble the pieces. And as I thought, as I thought, the case is too deep. It's about two inches too deep for the foam that comes with the prompter. So this is obviously a problem. And I, I think for a bit, play the Jeopardy music. And uh, what do I do? Do I return the case and try to find something else from a different manufacturer? Do I try to, you know, prop up with pieces of foam that I might have here, which is certainly an option. The case that I ordered from Amazon was an NF case, which means no foam. And that was the, obviously the cheapest. And I, I had the foam, right? The foam was in the box from ICANN. But it was too shallow. The foam was too shallow for the case or the case was too deep. So the best case scenario, instead of trying to, you know, hodgepodge some foam that I had here, I thought, let me just order a foam set for the case. And then I will use that foam case to prop up the bottom of the foam set. It'll be extra cushioning. It'll bring it right up to the top of the bottom case. And then even with the top lid foam set that I get, I'll be good. Another $300 for the foam, 
on top of the case cost, on top of the extra piece of glass. I'm just, you know, you can see where this is going. It's going um, vacuum sounds out of my wallet very quickly. So I get the foam a few days later. I It's in multiple pieces. It's layers. It's like five layers. There's a thin layer that's um, cut around the wheel slots. There's a second layer that's also cut around the wheel slots. And then there's three more layers of pick and pluck. And then there's a top egg crate uh, lid foam. I assemble the one case with the two pieces of foam that I have brings everything up the right way. That's great. I got one kit that's good. I'm like, okay, I'm going to order a second case, same case, no foam. I'll use the other three pieces that I have from the first foam set to make the second one work. And I should be in business. And I ordered a case again, a few more weeks later, I get the second case in. And of course the foam now has to be modified a little bit because there's wheel cutouts that are not uh, in the three other layers of foam that I have. And I don't have another uh, egg crate foam lid piece, which is different than the pick and pluck that comes with it. But I do have other foam pieces for a lid that will work. So I put together both cases. And finally, finally, I have what I need just to transport the prompters. So here's the second to last chapter of this saga, this rabbit hole. And I am, I'm deep in this hole now. I can't even see the uh, sky. I'm so deep in it. This is a 15 millimeter rod type setup. You're supposed to mount the sled, the teleprompter sled on a, um, a base. And then the camera is supposed to sit on a, on a riser but it just, I think it depends obviously on your camera setup. I'm hoping that I don't need the riser, but I'm not certain. And this is another scenario that might need additional pieces. So the last chapter TBD, which will be a few weeks from now, will be that I'm going to transport the two prompters to the next job that I need to use them on in Boston. I'm gonna bring my camera tech in a day early and we're gonna go through both teleprompters with the C70s and the Varicams, because I need to be able to use them with both of those camera sets. And I wanna see if I can use them just with the 15 millimeter rod mounts and without the risers, which is what I'm hoping. And it all depends on what vertical adjustments you have on the glass. My old prompters had vertical adjustments where you didn't need a, a riser piece. I don't know if these have that same setup. So the bottom line is all of this for now is theoretical. I have the pieces and in theory it should work, but I have to prove out the last step. And this has now been six weeks of process and uh, it's just, it's my own fault. If you've been down a rabbit hole like this, feel free to drop me a note this week in production at gmail.com. Would love to hear your rabbit hole story. As they say, misery loves company. For this week in production, I'm Art Aldridge. I'll see you next time.